Connell Tribune, Thursday, 25th July 2019. Shane Larry is Ireland's new sporting legend. Well, what a weekend it was. The open at Portrush, a bit like Mayo and Sam. We've been waiting for this since 1951. That was two years before I was born, the last time the Open was in Ireland. Coincidentally, the last time Sam visited Mayo. Maybe if you believe in fate and these sort of things, put a few euro in Mayo after beating Meath last Sunday. And what a game it'll be on Saturday week in Castlebar. Even if you're not interested in the little white ball game, last week at Port Rush would have been hard to ignore. It was like Italia 90 or having the All-Ireland final at Casement Park or the World Cup final in Croke Park. It was a magnificent vista to see the world's top golfers descend on the North Antrim coast to play the famous Dunluce Lynx, a course regularly rated at the top 10 in the world. It's a Lynx course par excellence. In 1947, Fred Daly became the first winner of what was then the British Open. A few years later, he came close again when it was played in Ireland for the one and only time. Max Faulkner won at Portrush in 51 and had left a legacy that has prevailed. Last week, the greatest golf tournament in the world came back to Portrush, the fourth and final major of the year, now with a modern epithet, just the Open. It was a wonderful few days, sunshine and torrential rain, real Irish weather in the middle of summer. So much so that it sent Tiger, Phil Mickelson and a load of former major winners scampering back across the pond. Unfortunately, Rory succumbed to the pressure and calved on day one. We spent Friday at Port Rush. On, on a personal note, my parents met at Port Rush just after World War II over 70 years ago, before making Belfast their domicile for life. Don't think they had any interest in Max Faulkner winning the Open in 51 although they used to play a bit of golf in the putting green and Bunkrana on visits. We got tickets late and drove up Friday early. Mary believes in satnav accuracy, which she didn't understand, it would take us through every union, Jack, Bedeck, Loyalist Village and Darkest Ulster. Let's say she was happy to find flagless Port Stewart and the magnificent scenery around the Giants Causeway and Glens of Antrim. Walking into the hallowed links, the magnitudes of the whole place struck me you. The massive amphitheatres they had built around the 1st and 18th tea boxes, massive screens and hospitality areas. I've been at loads of Irish opens over the years, but this was something else. Strolling the 1st, didn't we bump into a man you don't meet every day? Nigel Dodds, the DUP deputy leader and Brexiteer. We walked out in the course and caught up a tiger and followed him a bit. He didn't have a great day, but there's something special about those blessed with greatness. Tigers up there with Ali, Michael Jordan, Schumacher, Georgie Best, Mark Spitz, Messi and Jack Nicholas. We might never get the chance again, so it was really special to be just yards from the great man. We parked up at the ninth and watched as they all came through. Spieth, Holmes, Finu, Rose, Phil, Big Patty, G-Mac, Ernie Els and Laurie. The list endless. The least in world, elite in world golf, but the beardy guy from Offley, his few pints in the Bushmills Inn settled him on Wednesday night and he blew the field wide open. The joint leader going into Saturday, he was flying the flag for Ireland after Rory gallantly missed the cut by one shot. It's incredible we're a wee country on the edge of Western Europe 
yet we produce great sports people and none more so than in golf. Christy Sr. and Jr., Fred Daly, Harry Bradshaw in the past, Paul McGinley, Ryder Cup captain, G-Mac, Harrington, Clark and Rory, the modern major winners, with Shugrew and Paul Dunn, the new kids in the block. We definitely punch above our weight. It's a great day strolling around an open venue, watch a wee bit of golf, hit the hospitality area for something to eat and a few beers or a glass of wine. We're watching on the big screens, then back to the course to watch the late starters coming in. Shane Larry was in brilliant form. At one stage, 10 under and two ahead of the field. It's amazing how Irish Lynx golfers can perform. We're world stars who are used to target golf and sunshine in Florida failed to make the cut. To be honest, I love it when it's wild, wet and windy at Carnoustie, Troon or Port Rush, and they hardly break power, whereas at Pebble Beach it might be 20 under. The one big blemish was Rory not making the cut. His disastrous start left him with a mountain to climb, and talented as he is, it was just one shot too many to pull back. He was emotional at the end and it felt genuine. He gets a bit of stick here because of some things he's done, but the reality is he's a golfing superstar and he's Irish. Okay, he has that Ulster flag as his logo, but which pisses people off, but he's done so much for Irish golf in recent times he deserves a break. He put the Irish Open on the map, possession two weeks before the Open, prize money seven million, and part of the Rolex Tour and duty, Dubai duty free on board as sponsors. He won three majors into the bargain and still only 30. He'll win more in his career. Many non-golfers might wonder at the hype over the Open, but in the modern era, golf has a place at the top table in world sport. It might have been elitist in the past, but those days are gone. A worldwide TV audience of hundreds of millions watched as Shane Larry walked down the 18th on Sunday and collected the claret jug, following in the footsteps of Tom Morris Gene Saracen, Ari Varden, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Gary Plur, Tom Watson, Tiger, Daly, Harrington, Clark and McElroy. A decade ago moves were made to bring golf big time back to the north with Martin McGuinness a major player in pushing for it while joint first minister. It may be overlooked when the plaudits are handing out but he sensed the moment after the Irish Open came in 2012, which attracted record crowds of 130,000, which never happened on the European Tour previously. McGuinness helped set up, set in motion along with others the idea of bringing the Open, saying we must have this. Last week was an ace epitaph to his memory. The largest crowds ever for an Open, 250,000 tickets sold, 100 million generated for the economy. Saturday was moving day at Portrush. G-Mac made the most of scraping in at the weekend by shooting a 68 in the wind. Others would follow. Kopka was hanging in. Justin Rose pushed him back into contention. Westwood stumbled but still there. J.B. Holmes dropped back a bit. Tommy Fleetwood with the 70s long hair was almost the last man standing with 12 under and nearest challenger to Shane Larry. Larry just blew the field away, what a, a magnificent round of golf, 63, 8 under, it was the stuff of dreams, and the reception for the Fenian from the south, down and awfully by the northern hordes in the amphitheatre in the 18th was phenomenal. 
To a man and woman he stood to salute the incumbent champion. He had played like a man possessed. It was stunning stuff, sublime shots, dissecting fairways, irons and the undulating greens and birdie putts galore. The links are a stunning vista with great names for each hole. Giants Grave, Fred Daly's, Himalayas, Feller Bed, Calamity and Purgatory at 17. If you make it through Purgatory on the Sunday evening, you know you have the claret jug in your sights. In the weekend 50 years ago, 50 years since Nate Armstrong took one small step for a man and played a wee bit of golf on the moon, memories spring up of Tony Jacklin who lifted the title just a week before Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin made the giant leap. Jacklin was the first man from Europe to make the breakthrough in the modern era when the game was dominated by the US and in later years as captaincy of the Ryder Cup team put Europe back in contention again after US domination. Sunday was sensational at Portrush. There was electric viewing on Sky and that's what made major competition from Croke Park and the captain's qualifier at Galway Bay. We decided to stay at Rosapena for a few days after Portrush. I deferred the perennial chance of taking a 10 over the water at the 7th on Captain's Day stroke or even taking a seat in the Hogan stand to see Donegal take Kerry for the second time in history. But wouldn't have missed this for anything. She and Larry walked down the 18th would be a moment in history as same as Neil Armstrong would say, one great leap for man. He didn't fail as it mightn't have been as sublime as the previous day, but on a day the Weller gods played havoc, it was just a matter of doing at least as good as his opponents, and he did just that. He started nervously, but soon steadied the ship and roared on by vociferous support. He made it around the first nine and level par, 36. Even with bogeys at eight and nine. At times it appeared like classic match play, but the wind and rain were taking its toll on many players. Holmes, a leader, at one stage lost 10 shots in the gale and finished 16 under. He made for a sorry sight at times. Brooks, Brooks Kopker lost it on the greens. The world number one just couldn't handle the place. By the 13th, three bogeys in a row had cut Larry's lead to four and a titanic finish looming, but Fleetwood had a double bogey at Calamity and the show's virtually over. Just the 18th to play and history beckoning. One last drive and Larry finds the middle of the fairway and lets out a gasp of relief. His second shot finds the green and the crowd go crazy. Larry throws open his arms to the heavens, a giant smile returned by his wife from the big screen. He walks the walk towards the green, the crowd on their feet. It's mayhem, ole ole, Shano. The fields of Athenry ring out around the North Antrim coast. Tricolours waving where they've never been seen before. But it wasn't triumphalism in a negative way. It was an outpouring of pride that an Irish golfer was about to win the Open. The golfing community joining with the nation in celebration of a wonderful story. The penultimate putt almost produced another birdie, but it didn't matter. Fleetwood putted out to leave the stage for Larry, and he tapped in for 15 under, and the party began. The scenes behind the 18th were incredible. The Sky commentator said they'd never seen anything like it. Jack Nicholas and other great golfers tweeted praise for Larry. He hugged Bo Martin, his caddy, then his wife and baby approached. A beautiful moment. She said she wanted to be there to console him if he lost. She needn't have worried. 
Ben Harrington and G-Mac were there to join in the celebrations and finally the presentation of the Claret Jug. They've renamed it the Claret Jug and awfully. Shane clutched the jug and in his moment of triumph thanked his parents for what they did for him. He shed a tear. His dad, an All-Ireland winner in 82 with Offaly, he had a lump in his throat and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was a fantastic achievement, achievement, 15 under, six ahead of Tommy Fleetwood, nine ahead of Tony Fainu in third, 269 strokes, finished with a 72, with 31 in the front nine on Friday and the course record 63 on Saturday. It was stuff of genius. He said he felt like an outer body experience as he walked the 18th. He follows Fred Daly in 47, Harrington in 07 and 08, G-Mac in 2010, US Open, Darren Clark in 2011, and Rory 2014, and US and PGA majors. Golf is an All-Ireland sport despite the Irish Times insisting incorrectly that it was the British Open or Sky commentators referring to an Irishman winning the British Open in Ireland at Port Roush last Sunday. This is the place where legend has it Finn McCool carved out the Giants Causeway with his bare hands. Another legend was created as Shane Lowry, the GEA man from Offaly, won the Open and the fields of Athenry rang out this ruin around the streets where on Saturday the loyal sons of Ulster the Orange Band paraded.